Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis, and I'm joined once again by Pastor Tony Martin, who's the pastor of Spring Creek Church of the Nazarene. Pastor Tony, how are you doing today? I'm fine, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, great to have you again. And for those that didn't hear uh, part one of Pastor Tony Martin's testimony last week on the broadcast, I invite you to uh, visit our website, frontporchtalks.com. And go to WBTX program September 29th, and you can catch that. Just starting out, Pastor Tony, I'll uh, have you give a quick recap of what the Lord saved you from growing up, because you just finished off uh, toward the end of the broadcast talking about how God had radically saved you in a church service and just the radical transformation He did in your life. But just Give us a quick recap of what the Lord saved you from. Yeah, I uh, grew up in a dysfunctional home, as many do today. Uh, alcohol, which later on led to drug addiction. Uh, alcohol more than the drugs, but both were, were prevalent there. Uh, just a, a broken home. It was uh, a sad situation, but uh, had some people around me that God put around me I wasn't aware of when I was growing up. But you look back at those things after you kind of get you uh, get your senses and realize that God had those people there for you but uh, uh, finally came to the conclusion after uh, coming to the end of the road of life uh, that there's got to be more than just what I'm doing uh, thank God for good friends and faithful friends uh, my good friend Donnie Terry uh, kept after me and uh, invited me to a church service uh, I went to that church service six weeks before uh, I finally realized uh, that's exactly what I need. And God crazy saved me that night back in 1976 on a March evening. Well, uh, Pastor Tony, thank you for sharing that. And as you were talking, I was thinking about how you're never so far from Christ that God can't reach you. There's nobody that is so hopeless that God can't do a work in your life, a transformation in your life. So I pray that those listening today will get hope from that. And also, if you're not dead, God's not done. God can still do a work in your life. After that night where you were saved in that church service, talk about what happened from there and how eventually that led to God calling you into the ministry. Amen. Let me just add, Grayson, that I think one of the things that really spoke to my heart the night that I got saved was that Jesus loved me because right. I, yeah, I was not a very lovable person. And uh, when the light finally came on that Jesus loved me, and that was the message that was drove home that night that I gave my heart to Jesus, that Jesus loved me just like I was. And I couldn't, that was incredible that I... I wasn't even a good person. I mean, here I am, this alcoholic. I'm just, I'm this dopehead. But Jesus loved me just like that. That's such incredible love. That's what got me to the altar. I, I, I'm thoroughly convinced of that. And I think that's why I was just uh, so radically saved. That you know, the light finally came on. And that's kind of the message that I drive home to people today. Uh, Jesus loves you just like you are, and he loves you too much to leave you like that. Thank God. Right. <laughs> but yet, my, uh, uh, after I got saved, I was just, God loosed my tongue because, you know, I mentioned to you, I stuttered real bad, and I was a very shy person because of that. Didn't really talk a whole lot. 
and that was another miracle that uh, you know I can actually talk and not stutter because uh, I had a really really bad problem with that and uh, man I was just I was just sharing Jesus with everybody that I could all my friends and, and uh, I had to break away from that uh, people that I grew up with it was hard that was a hard thing to do uh, the guys that we grew up together and, and, and to break away from that I want to share a story if I could about the providence of God because some of these things that I share with you today lead up to how God protects us and how God honors the prayers of people that you know were praying for me during those dark days uh, when I was in the army I was stationed in Italy uh, you know I mentioned that on the last broadcast right. of course I'd gotten to some major trouble over there in the army I won't go into detail of that but uh, that was in 1970 uh, Vietnam war was really really heavy at that time and uh, the authorities at that time said you know we can send you to jail or we're going to make you 1049 to Vietnam 1049 is a volunteer form that you fill out uh, to go to Vietnam. I was 18 years old, uh, scared to death, and uh, I had a lot of friends that didn't come back from there. And uh, I knew where I was headed. I was very, very scared. And uh, I remember probably two days after I had filled my form out, my company commander came and uh, told me that the general of the base wanted to see me in his office to put my dress uniform on. And uh, I figured I was headed to jail because I'd done some pretty bad things. And uh, when I got up there to meet with the general of the entire base there in Italy, uh, he had me to sit down and he said, tell me, uh, tell me your story, you know, what's going on. I shared with him and I never will forget uh, he looked at me and he said, do you want to go to Vietnam? And I said, no, sir. He said, you're dismissed. And the next day, I had new orders to go to Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know why. Uh, I think it was God working again and right. moving. And, uh, you know, because we had, had people praying for me that I wasn't even aware of. Right. I uh, got orders to go to Germany. I had to clear posts in like five days, which was phenomenal. It usually takes 30. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to Germany, and of course, things got worse there. But that's, you know, a story of how God protects. Uh, God can see much further down the road than we can. Right. It's amazing if we, and I, you know, I wasn't even living for God. I didn't even, didn't even know him. Right. Uh, only thing I knew about him, that he was God. Right. Uh, thank God for the Gideons because they, you know, they give us a green New Testament when you go right. in the army. You get one of them things. And uh, I'd never read it, but I always kept it with me. That's just crazy. Why would I keep a Bible with I kept it right in my shirt pocket the whole time I was in the military. Matter of fact, I still have that Bible. But I never read it. But I always kept it with me. I don't know. I felt safe with it or something. Uh, my dad wasn't a religious person. But he respected God. He didn't go to church. He didn't read the Bible. We had a family Bible on the coffee table, one of the big family Bibles. And he'd sit right there on the coffee table, and you better not put nothing on it. You better not mess with that Bible. And uh, he respected God, but he just didn't know God. And uh, I think that was kind of passed on to me. I know there's a God. When we were growing up in this little group we had, 
we would terrorize the neighborhood, but we never would mess with the church. We done, never would do anything to a church or anything, uh, break in or anything like that. We would just, we feared God, I guess, and we didn't even know him. But anyhow, you know, God puts people in your path. And uh, so, I, you, know, you know, I thank God for that. I don't know. God looks down the road and spares us or protects us. You know, I, you know, I thank him for that. And, you know, I'm thankful for the men and women that went to Vietnam and fought for us. I was in the military during that era, but I never went. I was supposed to go, and I think God changed the guy's mind and got me new orders to go to Germany. Uh, I just kind of wanted to share that right there. Right, yeah, God's mercies are just abundant, and we probably won't even realize till heaven all the different things You're right. that he has saved us from. So, uh, Pastor Tony, thank you for sharing that story. And uh, just as I mentioned, and as you mentioned, you were saved in a church service and uh, the church that your wife grew up in in North Carolina. But uh, how did God call you to ministry, and how did you end up in Virginia? Well, the Southeast Church of the Nazarene, uh, Pam's family actually came over to assist. I think I shared that in the last broadcast. The pastor had had some heart problems, and he kind of uh, came over to that church to help them there. Uh, that's kind of where I met Pam at. Um but actually, I'd met her earlier. I had met her down at her home church earlier. That's, that's a different story. But we just got, I got involved. I mean, I was so hungry. I was in Bible studies. I was in revival services. I didn't know anything about denominations, so I was going to all kinds of churches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if they were having a service, I was going to, I was going to go because I was just so hungry. And I didn't know there was a difference between a Baptist and a, a Nazarene or a, a Methodist or a Presbyterian. Right. I didn't know. I didn't. I thought it was just Christians, uh, and that's where it's supposed to be. But somehow right. it's got divided. Right. Uh, so we were just uh, just fired up for Jesus, and uh, Pam and I uh, started uh, seeing one another, and uh, that was a miracle. Except I never thought her parents would even allow me to to see her because of. They knew me. They right. knew some of my past, and uh, uh, they were godly people. Uh, Gene and Faye were godly people, a godly example of of marriage. And but we started uh, started seeing each other. We dated, but the only thing we date was uh, at church. That's where we dated at. We didn't. Our dates was at churches and revivals. And I remember going to a revival with her one night, and her daddy said, "You have her home by ten o'clock." <laughs> I said, "Okay, I will." And we was at this revival, and it went on and on and on, and it was like 9.30. I said, we got to go, we got to go. We went out, and we were blocked in. And uh, I said, oh, my lands, are going to be late? And you know, cell phones back then, right. no way to call. Right. So uh, we didn't leave from our day after 10 o'clock. We got home, and I was like, what in the world? Your daddy's going to be upset. And uh, he met us at the door. He said, you're late. I said, yeah. I said, uh, would you believe me if I told you we had car trouble? Nope. Flat tire? Nope. What if I told you we were blocked in and couldn't get out? He said, I'll believe that one. <laughs> so, but uh, all of our dating was done, so we uh, and we got involved, you know, uh, with the teens there. Uh, uh, Pam and I were married in 78, uh, two years after I'd gotten saved. And uh, she was a young girl. She wasn't 17 years old. And uh, when I married her, Daddy and them signed for her to get married, and... Uh, that was a, a miracle and a blessing. We knew that uh, God had put us together. And it was 41 years ago. 
We just celebrated 41 years. But uh, we got involved, real, real, real involved with the teens. We were a, a youth pastor there at Southeast Church of the Nazarene. And I don't know, I just had this, uh, this gnawing inside of me, Grace, and it's just, it wouldn't stop, it wouldn't stop. Now, now grant you, I had a lot to learn because I didn't learn anything growing up. Uh, and, you, you know, last time I shared that I got kicked out of school when I was 15 years old and never went back. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things going through my mind. And uh, I would fast. I would pray. I worked at Newman Machine Company there in Greensboro as a machinist. And uh, at lunch we would have uh, Bible studies and, and uh, little prayer meetings and stuff. Uh, I would fast and pray and just, you know, I knew... I knew God was calling me, but I wasn't sure to what. Uh, I remember waking up one night, it was 2 o'clock in the morning, and uh, I turned over and uh, you know, are you asleep? <laughs> you know, of course, she said, no. I said, well, i got to tell you something. And she said, I already know. I said, what? And she said, God's calling you into ministry. I said, yes, he is. I'm scared to death. I, I don't. Why would he do that? Why would he call me? I, I don't have any education. I don't, uh, you know, I'm still kind of backwards and shy. I don't know anything about the Bible. And and uh, she said, I don't know, but we'll get through it. Uh, I went and shared with my pastor, uh, Danny Goddard. He's pastors up in uh, Illinois now, I think. But he was a pastor at the time. And he said, well, we'll get you fixed up. Yeah, and I had been uh, back to a tech school and got my uh, GED. I'd taken some mechanical drafting uh, classes there, so I had my GED done, which was a miracle. I even got through that. So, you know, that was uh, a biggie for me because uh, I wasn't an easy learner. Learning was hard for me. It was like, like a, uh, I have a attention problem and comprehension problem. And uh, my pastor, Danny Goddard, uh, he said, uh, you need to go to... You need to go to school. I said, man, I, don't, I, ain't, I can't do the school thing. He said, you're going to, you know, you got to. So I said, man, but that, that was the hardest thing there of coming to grips. I had to go back to school. Because to be honest with you, I didn't like school. <laughs> and you need to go to school. School's good for you, okay? Right. But I didn't like it. And uh, I prayed through that, and I finally said yes. He put us in his car, drove us up to Trevecca Nazarene College. It was a college then, it's a university now. But uh, introduced me to the college president, uh, Homer Adams, and uh, I enrolled in the uh, winter semester. Uh, I quit my job, good job, machinist. Uh, people thought I was crazy. My dad said, son, you've done some crazy things. It's the craziest thing you've ever done in your life. Quit your job. We sold everything we could sell and put everything we had on an old flatbed truck and went up Interstate 40 and uh, enrolled in Trevecca Nazarene College. And uh, no job, no money. I don't know, God said go, you know. And so we were just trying to be obedient to God. And uh, I remember the housing they put us in up there, it was an old two-story house, and they put us in the basement. It was Amanda, my little girl, she was 10 months old. And uh, it was hard. It was really a, you know, a test of faith, I believe, when God had us up there. Pam had never been away from home. It was so hard for her. Uh, we was in this basement. It was damp. It was no heat. We had little electric heaters we had to plug in. And I had no job, so I had to go find a job. I actually got a job there at this uh, college, uh, working in between classes as a janitor. 
I think I was making like three and a quarter an hour. <laughs> and then I got another part-time job uh, a little way from there from another shop working from five in the evening till uh, 10 in the evening. So it was a very, very uh, time-consuming time for us, hardly uh, not much time for my family, but it was really hard financially, uh, you know, to make that adjustment for us. Uh, I remember coming home one uh, one afternoon, and Pam was crying. I was, well, what's wrong? She said, we don't, we don't have anything. We don't have, uh, Amanda didn't have any milk. There's no money. There's nothing to eat. And uh, I said, God will work it out, honey. God will take care of us. He didn't call us up here for us to just give up. I said, he's going to take care of us. I said, I'll, uh, I'll see if I can borrow some money. I'm, I'm talking about bone dry, brother. Right. We don't have nothing. And uh, me and my boss were really good friends there, at uh, my supervisor at the college. And uh, I didn't see him. I didn't see him until I was going to borrow $5 from him and get some milk and bread and uh, some peanut butter or something. But uh, when I got back home, Pam was sitting there crying again. I'm like, what's, what's wrong now? I wasn't able to, to see uh, this guy to borrow any money. And she had an envelope there was was full of money. And she said, uh, this came in the mail. And I looked at it, it was a letter from, uh, I'd mentioned that we had Bible studies at this shop that I worked at. Mm-hmm. And uh, these guys had gotten together and took us an offering and sent it to us. Ooh. And uh, that happened so many times, so many times uh, while we were there at Trevecca. Finally ran out of money and couldn't get no grants. Uh, we had to leave Trevecca. And uh, I still wasn't sure where God, you know, I thought God was calling me in the youth ministry, uh, music, I, you know, I love music. Uh, one or the other, uh, I never dreamed that he was calling me into pastor, so I was taking a multi-ministries class. So we actually moved back from Trevecca about, uh, I guess about a year and a half, maybe two years up there, and uh, went back to Greensboro. Uh, my old job hired me back at night shift, and I went to, uh, to enroll in John Wesley College in High Point, North Carolina, and uh, again with no money. Uh, and this is kind of a miracle. I love this story here. Uh, Dr. Uh, Temple was the academic dean there at John Wesley College, a great, great man of God. Him and his wife both gave all they had to the college there. But uh, I remember meeting with Dr. Temple there, and, and I said, Dr. Temple, I said, I want to enroll in your school. And this was in 1982, I think it was. I said, but I don't have any money. And he said, tell me your story. It took about 30 minutes, and I, you know, shared briefly my story, some pieces here and there. And this is kind of unheard of in a college. He said, I'll tell you what I do. He said, I'm going to enroll you. He said, you get paid once a week? And I said, yes, sir. He said, every week, I want you to come by here and pay some on your bill. He said, I don't care. It's $5. Pay as much as you can, but pay something. He said, promise me you'll do it. I said, I promise I'll do it. He said, I'm going to enroll you. That's how I enrolled at John Wesley College. And every week I get paid, I'd go the next day and I'd pay some on my bill. And when I got through with college, I didn't know anything. It's a miracle. It, it was, and I don't know. I didn't keep up with it. I just paid some on it. And I don't know. Somebody had to pay some on it. Right. Probably him. I don't know. But uh, that was kind of a miracle in itself. During that process, I was preaching you know, nursing homes, Bible studies, you know, I would preach at. Uh, we were preaching at this shop. We still had our Bible study group going there at night and uh, preaching here and there. And, and I'm still thinking youth ministry, youth ministry. 
And, uh, man, the guy just laid it on me one Sunday, you know, I want you to pastor. And uh, I was like, oh, my lambs, I don't know if I can do that or not. You know, I felt like I was inadequate, you know, as a, you know, just trying to preach a, a simple message, but pastoring the church. I didn't know if I was up to that or not. Uh, again, when Pam and I prayed and felt like that's what we wanted to do, and it probably wasn't but a month or two after that, uh, Dr. Stone, he was the district superintendent in North Carolina, uh, he called me and he said, uh, I've got a church that uh, I want you to go to if you're interested in it uh, and preach for a couple months. He said, we're going to close it down. And I said, where's that? And he said, Thomasville, North Carolina. He said, uh, it's just a handful of people. And uh, he said, we're in the process of shutting it down. If you want to go up there and preach for God, I said, yeah, 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 I'll do that for you. Uh, it was quite a drive for us. We lived in a place called Pleasant Garden. It was about an hour drive for us uh, up there, but it wasn't that bad. So I was just, I was kind of excited to preach. You know, I just enjoyed, I got to where I enjoyed preaching really good. So I don't think I was good at it, but I enjoyed it. And uh, we went up there, and it was just, he was right, it was a handful of people, I think, counting our four. I had a son now, me, Mike, and Amanda, and Pam. And it was a total of nine of us. <laughs> so so uh, I preached like we had 200. I mean, you know, just, just you know, just preach. And I uh, uh, went back the next week and preached, and uh, the next week and preached. I never heard anything from the DS concerning closing the church. He would usually call and say, uh, mm-hmm. how many did you have this Sunday? Or how did it go this Sunday? And it seemed like, you know, we started picking people up and uh, the attendance started coming up to 15 and then it came up to 20. And we were up there about six months and we were running about 25. And, you know, he said, well, you know, just keep going up there. And uh, I said, well, I'm going to have to do something else. This drive is, is uh, I'm going to move up there. Uh if you want me to, uh, and keep trying to keep the church going. He said, well, he said, yeah. So we found a place and moved up there, and I commuted back and forth to work. And uh, God just God just blessed us there, uh, you know, blessed our ministry there. And uh, we were there almost eight years. And uh, a lot of, lot of things happened there. A lot of miracles took place at Thomasville. Uh, we were right in, in the middle of town, Thomas was a furniture town. I, I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, furniture markets there. And uh, when the furniture market hurt, it, you know, it hurt the churches and uh, because a lot of people moved out because of the economy uh, back in the 80s. Uh, we went up there in 83 and stayed till 1990. Uh, so, you know, it was a, a wonderful ministry up there. Uh, I learned a lot in my first pastorate there. I learned a lot what not to do. <laughs> and uh, God sent me, I had at one time like five ordained ministers in my congregation of that small church. Now, they were either retired or in between assignments, but they were a blessing to me and an, an encouragement to me there uh, while I was there. And they kept me straightened out a little bit too. So, But uh, there were some good times and there were some bad times there. But it comes, you know, it comes with it all. But uh, God used us there. We had a really good ministry there. I remember uh, on one occasion, uh, a young man was caught trying to burn the church down. And uh, he was out back and had some trash, and some of my neighbors saw him, called the police. That boy was probably 14, 15 years old. And you know what the judge sentenced him to? He said, for your punishment, you're going to go to church for six months. <laughs> <laughs> So this young man started coming to church. He had to come. I mean, that's what the judge made him do. Every Sunday he was there. 
And then he started coming on Wednesday night to youth service. And then he started coming to Sunday school and uh, got involved. And uh, when we left him, our young man was really, really involved in the Thomasville Church. He said it was a blessing in disguise, gave his heart to the Lord, and uh, uh, just story after story of how God used people and, uh, and used us there uh, in a great way uh, in our first pastorate. We felt, uh, felt released from God from there. Probably preached there a year uh, after I felt a release from there. Uh, we weren't pursuing. Uh, I didn't send out any resumes or anything. I just, I just felt like I was released to go somewhere. Uh, Dr. Charles Thompson and his wife, Mary. Uh, Mary's sister lived in Thomasville, uh, and they would visit. And I never knew that he was the district superintendent of Virginia because Reverend Thompson's brother-in-law, which was married to Mary's sister, right. just told me that he was the DS, and they went to the Wesleyan Church. So I just assumed that he was the DS of the Wesleyan Church. Right. And that's how I introduced him one night when he was at our church. I said, let's get to have the DS of the Wesleyan Church here, Charles Thompson and his lovely wife. And, of course, he didn't say anything. <laughs> After the church, he told me he was, I'm with the Church of the Nazarene. I said, oh, my gosh, man, I'm sorry. And I said, that's kind of how we met. Uh, and it wasn't long. He called me and uh, asked me if I'd be interested in uh, a church in Virginia. And I said, well, yeah, well, you certainly be, you know, pray about it and, and uh, he said, when can you come up? So, yeah, we set a date to come up to Orange and uh, kind of look at the church and view the people. But it was one of those God moments. And I'm sure you may have experienced those where God just gives you the word that it's okay. Uh, I remember we were uh, had stopped in Charlottesville and we were taking the back road, Route 20, to Orange, which is a beautiful, beautiful drive. I can almost take you to the spot in the road where God says, I want you up here. And I hadn't even been to the church yet. And uh, we went and interviewed a lot of the people of this, but again, it was just a handful of people. Probably 13, I think, is what we had. Well, Thomas, well, God had blessed us. We were running 80, 85 people. And we had a good review called uh, Reverend Thompson and said, I think we're going to be uh, moving to Orange. He said, no, no, no. He said, I didn't even know that uh, your church was doing that. He, he said, I'm, I'm sorry I even asked you to come. I said, no, 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 brother. God wants us up there. So we kind of argued with him back and forth and... Uh, we went to Orange, stayed there five and a half years, and uh, I didn't feel a release, but uh, Reverend Thompson called me again and said, I have a church at Spring Creek. I said, where's that at? He said, over the mountain on 33. And I said, no, I'm not interested. And uh, he said, I want you to go over. I said, no, I'm not really wanting to move. And uh, I said, but we'll pray for him. I promise you we'll pray for him. A year later, he calls me back. And he said, you've been praying for Spring Creek? I said, yes, we have. He said, I want you to go over there. I just want you to go over there and look at it. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll go over on a Wednesday because I want to leave my church on a Sunday. So we went over there, and again, it was another one of them God moments. I was coming over 33, and I looked at Pam, and she looked at me, and she said, we're going to be moving, ain't we? I said, yeah. And uh, we went over an interview with the church. Loved it, loved the people. Uh, one of the hardest things I had to do was say goodbye to my people at Orange. Uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful church and a wonderful ministry. That was in 1996 that we moved to Spring Creek. We're going on year 24 over here. Uh, it's been a blessing. You know, you learn and go, but God has blessed us as far as a good uh, rural community church. Uh, we've seen so many people saved, uh, so many deliverances and miracles at Spring Creek. It's been phenomenal. Uh, a lot of times, I, you know, I wonder why God would you let me be a part of something like that. 
And uh, God has been so good to us there in the ministry uh, over at Spring Creek. Well, Pastor Tony, thanks for joining me again uh, for part two of your testimony. And just in closing, if you would like to share your address of your church there, just for those in the area that might be listening who might be close to your church and might be interested in coming. Okay, your address is uh, 8863 Nazarene Church Road, uh, Bridgewater, Virginia. Our website is springcreeknaz.org if uh, if you want to go on the website. Uh, We have a a site port up there, and you can listen to sermons that we preach and drive it around a little bit. But we'd be glad to have you, and I really appreciate you inviting me out to this uh, interview, uh, share my testimony, and hope God receives glory from it. Well, uh, I've enjoyed having you, uh, Pastor Tony, and I certainly think uh, that God is getting glory from your testimony and from this time. Thank you for joining me. Amen. God bless you, brother. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I pray that Pastor Tony Martin's testimony has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.